You are now listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dan Ryan, Dean DeFalco, and Devin Goldstein. For the best comic podcast with the most personality on the web, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy. You are listening to episode two of season two of the Paper Cuts Podcast. My name is Dan Ryan. Joining me this morning, we have a full house. We have Mr. Matthew Much. Hello. Mr. Evan Goldstein. Yo. And Mr. Dean DeFalco. Go fuck yourself. Oh. Fair enough. I'd like to remind you before we begin that the Paper Cuts podcast is brought to you by Milk, a drink of real men. Oh. It's been a big week <laughs> so <laughs> far. Oh, whoa. Oh, man. Not cool, dude. <laughs> Inside baseball. Makes us laugh all that matters. It's been a big week in comic books this week. I say that. I'm lying. But I say it anyway. To get us more excited. Really though, before we start today, I do have one thing that I want to throw out there, and that is really, honestly, truly Cinnamon Toast Crunch is a horrible cereal. There no, I it's said it's it. the best. It's the best. No, th- this is actually serious business. Okay. Fuck the Avengers Age Voltron Blu-ray. Why? Because it comes in a red case. As oh, a- like an HD DVD? Yeah, they, they were more maroon, if I recall. So now, <laughs> my whole, my whole thing has one glaring bright red fucking standout. It's like my Blu-ray stubbed their toe. It sucks, and I hate it. Oh, first world problems. <laughs> I know it is the firstiest world problem of first. Go get world yourself problems. a blue fucking sharpie and make this work. How you is just... that important to all of us? That's just important to you. No, no, it's important to all of us. Go get a because... fucking Blu-ray case, like an empty one. Where? Put the sleeve. I don't know. Where? Fucking I've one. never they seen. They don't one. have blockbusters or 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 Hollywood videos anymore in which you could steal them from. Go to a Staples. I don't know. Fucking, they have empty cases. Make Do one. Do they even have a Staples anymore? I yes. don't know. The last time I remember, they existed. They're still Staples. I <laughs> yes, go but there office all the time. Office Office Depot is on its way out. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, after that Office Max merger, I mean, <laughs> we can get into the market, but I don't think we should right now. We have other things to discuss. Remember, but... one hour. We're going for one hour. <laughs> Sorry, I've already fucked it up. All right, well, yeah. All right, anyway, back on track. Dean, what did you read this week? I'm going to take my time. <laughs> if you expand on your creativity and sh- and, and shun mine, I will be very upset. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, Kaiju Max, the, this was the finale for this group of of episodes or issues. I don't think it's over. I think there's going to be more because they left it really, really open-ended. And, man, did it go off with a bang. Um, did anyone else read this? I haven't had a chance to yet. Okay. I've got it sitting ready to go, though. Yeah, read it. It's great. I'm going to spoil it for you, Dan. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, just long story short. Gupta, uh, the the kind of crooked cop guard, is really getting his ass nailed to the wall because he needs to come up with enough money for this um, crystal empress-like alien that runs the casino on the moon to uh, pay off his debtor while he's watching her kid in prison. Bad news about the kid, though. 
he died of a drug overdose. So the mm. prince of uh, this this crystal empire ended up kicking the bucket on Gupta's watch. So he's super duper paranoid all the time. Uh, so when the the story opens up, Gupta is pressuring Electrogore, who's like the main character. He's this big like slug looking thing with all this uranium growing on his back. And Gupta's been sort of harvesting it off of Electrogore so he can sell it to people or monsters rather, because radioactivity is drugs for monsters. It's great. Uh, so, so awesome. yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah. Uh, so Gupta's like really, really pressuring uh, Electrogore into making better stuff because if you guys have forgotten, Electrogore got shanked. I believe two episodes ago, like right in the side. And he's sort of been out of the game and producing some little less than high quality stuff. Uh, so it, it keeps going for a while, them going back and forth. And one of these other um, uh, monsters, these kaiju stepped in and his name is, let, let me see here. Cause he has, he has a great name. Green Humungor. I believe is his Beautiful. name. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry, not Humungor. Humungo. Green Humungo. He's like this big, jolly green giant looking guy, but he's a little bit more ape-like. Um, and he raps. He is the rapper from like three episodes ago. And it's great. He does it again in this episode, if anyone's wondering. Uh, and it's it's he spits fire because he's great. Uh, but when it gets down to it, between him and Gupta, Gupta finds like all this contraband and shit in his cell because uh, he was standing up for Electrogore, and uh, Gupta ends up confiscating all of it like a real fucking prick. Walks off, and Electrogore's like, you know what? I've had enough of this. Let's get the fuck out of here. So they devise this plan to blow up one of the um, generators that. Um, powers one of the grids for the force field that surrounds the island that prevents the the kaijus from leaving and they're gonna blow it up with the uranium on electrogore's back perfect plan right perfect makes sense to me now they're just waiting for a time for this to happen and it just so happens that this time is now <laughs> because while this is going on yeah just hear me out it gets better while this is going on uh zan who is like the big bad kaiju who just came back into the the kaiju max penitentiary is getting adjusted to things and the first thing he does in the last issue is he starts hooking up with the prison doctor so he can get some contraband and stuff oh, going to himself. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how that works because she's a human and a gigantic, like, um, what the hell is that fucking, the, the, the big robot guy from, from Godzilla? What was his name? Mecha Godzilla? Mecha Godzilla? No, 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 no. Not, not, not an actual robot guy. Like the guy in the suit. Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar. She's, she's yeah. in a big Jet Jaguar suit. Like, so... She still has human parts, so I don't understand where that monster D's going, and I don't want to know. I really don't. Well, you see, Dean, in no, nature, no, no, when no, two... Don't, don't want to know. Don't when a mommy know. and a daddy love each other. Yeah, yeah, or a daddy no, and a daddy, or a mommy and a mommy. Or a monster way. with, like, 16 dicks. I don't I don't know. It's weird. I don't want to know. Anyway. Do they draw um, 16 dicks? Uh, <laughs> He you see, the best part about this book is that it has such deep, deep story, and it's got a childlike art style. Uh, it does, so we're, yeah. So we're talking like uranium and explosions and, you know, hooking up, and it's so lighthearted looking. 
It is, but <laughs> it's 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 like Oz and a storybook put together. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Mm. Um, so it's perfect. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, so while th- this doctor, Doctor Zhang, is so infatuated with them, she starts to realize that Zahn's kind of a fucking dick because he's just like, yeah, oh, you got me this great, and she's like, really, just great. That's it. That's all you have to say to me. I'm risking my job here for you, and he's like, yeah, that's uh, that that's fine. I guess you know. I said, "Good job. Get off my back, and <laughs> get off my dick, bitch." That's actually like kind of how it goes, except in like monster talk, because instead of saying "motherfucker," they say "megafauna" and stuff like that, like really weird things. So it's kind of hard to understand the lingo sometimes. Like instead of "fucking," they say "red king," and uh. yeah, you know, it's it's cool because it's like cursing but not sort of like the way clockwork orange did it like they had their own lingo that yes. you know sort of like that which is cool but i digress he walks off in a big huff and she's like don't you walk away from me zon don't you don't you don't you do it and he ends up walking away because what does he have to give a fuck he's a big badass monster he gives no fucks however when she goes to pursue him she finds him with a shank sticking out of his neck bleeding out on the ground so, as you can imagine, all the guards rush over, the doctor's working on him and shit, and it's really getting, like, ER up in this bitch. However, <laughs> it takes a split second for us to go to the side, and it tells us who did it. Crooked guard Gupta fucking ended up shanking him in the neck because uh, in the last issue, Zahn was really pressuring him and blackmailing him into, you know, giving him half his... Um, his shares for what he sold, so that word that he let the prince die didn't get back to the empress. However, that cat's out of the bag, because when we find Gupta getting rid of the evidence that he stabbed Zahn in the neck and throwing it into the ocean, the empress's assassins, soldiers, goonies come out of nowhere. And fucking- wait, wait, whoa. Goonies? The Goonies are in this book? Yeah, the Goonies. Uh, yeah, uh, chunked us the truffle shuffle. Son of a bitch. Beats the shit out of Gupta. And- I, mean, I must have gotten the wrong book. Yeah, that was no, you, you just didn't you give did. off enough of a spoiler warning. Fuck, uh, yeah, sorry, like- sorry. Um, but yeah, it gets it gets really crazy because they end up like tying him down, kidnapping him, throwing him into the, into the trunk of a spaceship, and flying off with him. Wait, spaceships have trunks? This one did. Okay. It Space opened trunk. up, they stuck him in, they closed it, and they flew away. And I, I was just like, well, um, okay. I don't think he's coming back in the next series, not going to lie. Well, just, I'm, just, you have to think about it. If you're out at the space grocery store and you're picking up your space groceries, where, where else would you them? put them? Exactly. But in your space trunk. Mm-hmm. And this was like a flying saucer <laughs> type of, uh, type of, um... <sighs> Vehicle, too. So just a portion of it opened up and they stuck him in. So, yeah, that's a thing. Did they have to move the tire iron and the jack and everything? Out I, of the I, way? I did not see. Oh, okay. I, I did not see. They did. There's not that much detail. However, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's coming back. I, I don't because he fucked up big time. He let, like, one of the most notable and, like, powerful persons, people die on the inside. And it was his job to watch that kid However, the kid had a crippling addiction to, like, really, really hard drugs. So it was probably going to happen one way or another that he was going to die. 
but it happened on his watch. Now he's probably fucked. However, he was a dickbag, so he kind of deserves it because he never did anything good for anyone in this book. But as we go on, we get to the point where Electrigore and um, uh, Green Humongo are like really about to fucking leave. He's got the uranium. He's about to set in the charges. They're about to blow shit up. And something really, really crazy happens. You know what? Which I'm going to leave for you guys to read because it's it's kind of cool and kind of crazy and kind of fucked up all at the same time and doesn't necessarily relate to the story. So I'm going to leave that part out. Just remember, thank me later for not telling you. Um, so they, they end up running back and uh, they set off the charges and it cuts to Warden Kang, I believe his name is, having a drink, really downtrodden, just really fucking sad. Uh, talking to his superior, you know, saying, oh, there's no need to come down here. I have everything under control. Everything's fine. And the, the superior's like, listen, I'm glad you have it under control because I really don't want to be sticking my nose in your business and trying to fix your mess. And he's like, yeah, 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 you know, everything's great. Taking a swig of what looks like whiskey or scotch of some sort. And then a gigantic nuclear explosion goes off because, you know, prison escapes and shit and he's just looking and stuff and he's like i i gotta call you back uh bye so i, I gotta go yeah that, that's pretty much what happens like he's just staring at it. he's like i i gotta go uh bye so he hangs up the phone and when everyone finally gets over there electrogore and green humongo bounce man they're gone so they are off the fucking island they are planning a way to get you know, just away from there and under the radar and stuff. And that's where the book leaves off with um, Electrogore on the outside. So I'm kind of pumped for that, especially because he's with the rapping monster. There is no better way to be. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's My great. Head hurts. Um, <laughs> I fucking love this book so much. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. And it's super deep. Like, that was kind of difficult to explain in under 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, read it. It's cool. It's it's the final issue. You know, just fucking dive in. Uh, read it. Again, I summarized a lot. There's a lot more going on in this than what I went over. So yeah, take a look. I am upset, though, that there's some open stuff left there. Because one, in issue three, we had Zahn and Mechazon. Which Mechazon was built to defeat Zahn. And... Mechazon's all like a peace-loving robot monster thing now, so he doesn't fight. And I wanted to see them go at it, man. That would have been fucking awesome, and it just it didn't happen. So that's one plot thing that never really got resolved. The other thing was the thing between the uh, the crypts and the uh, like the big original kaiju god monsters. Their whole beef isn't really um, done yet, so this leaves a big opening for what's going to happen in hopefully this new season because if the book just ends, I'm going to be super fucking sad, but I can't imagine that happening. Now, real quick, the other book I read was I wanted to go back and read Green Lantern 44. Um, yeah, this is this is the start of Hal Jordan, the hobo Green Lantern, and uh, his fingerless gauntlet. Actually, it's not fingerless. Uh, it just looks that way in the picture. It's it's a well, that's a gauntlet. problem from the get go. 
If is it's it? not fingerless and it, but it looks finger like yeah. Well, it was in that that like um, uh, teaser picture that it looked fingerless, and in the book it doesn't look fingerless. However, his getup kind of lame. It's like a white and black suit with um, a trench coat over it. So he's wearing a unitard essentially with a <laughs> trench coat over it, and it looks really bad. Um, story's not terrible. He's sort of like a, a space outlaw a bit because the the Lantern Corps doesn't want him. Uh, because he he wants to do right in his own way. He doesn't want to abide by the Lantern Code anymore. So he ended up jacking this gauntlet, which is like ten rings put together, mm-hmm. and uh, he he uses that to fight. Now now the core has a warrant out for his arrest, and he's trying to smooth it over with him. So he figures the way he could do that is by capturing a slaver who captured royalty. Uh, taking both of them to the core, dropping them off, and being like, hey, listen, my bad. Um, here, I brought you this bad guy. He's bad. Do what you want with him. When they finally get to the planet, uh, the, the, the actual core headquarters, it's gone. It's like a, a, a big old rock of husk, a husk, husk rock now. There's nothing left. There's no, no people, no anything. And he's all like, what? And that's the end of the book. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Well, I'm sold. I, it, I don't know about me, the rest of you. It took me 10 minutes to explain Kaiju Max as briefly as I could. It took me 35 seconds to explain Green Lantern in some sort of idea that you'd understand. It's... Listen, when um, oh God, uh, Robert Venditti started this, I didn't think it was going to be good. Granted, he's had some okay stories. Nothing's been great. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, that's how choked up I get about this because <laughs> I have Green Lantern on my arm and that doesn't go away. So I like good stories and not well, bad yeah, ones. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just nothing's been great with it and it's it's been a little little upsetting but you know it is what it is um i just wanted to give it a shot i don't think i'm gonna keep reading it (laughs) uh because the art was underwhelming to say the least it was it was okay it was bland there was nothing great about it um some of the the panels seemed a little off actually and the writing was just it was okay it was it was not right story but there was nothing fantastic that made me want to come back to it because I'm pretty sure that whole Green Lantern Corps thing being demolished has happened like 700 times before mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we know they're probably not gone we know they're probably going to come back and we know Hal's going to be a hero again so this isn't anything new they probably should have just gotten one of the other lanterns that maybe they would focus on. Like, what happened to that Simon Baz guy, man? What happened to him? Uh, the new 52. Yeah, he's not around anymore. He's, <laughs> he's fucking gone. That, that, that is wasn't what a bad character. I, I get it. You know, he carried around a gun. It was it was a little weird, but it was gritty. That probably made for a better story than Hal for the 9,000th time. And don't get me wrong. I like Hal Jordan. It's just you can't do much with a character who is this just like Superman. Like he's sort of done everything. He's been through like every gambit you could possibly think of. So I don't know what else they're gonna do. 
He now looks like a hobo with a power gauntlet, and it looks weird, and I don't know if I like it. The gauntlet's kind of cool, but it's like technology and not so much mystical. It's kind of weird, so I don't I don't know if I like that either, to be honest. I like the way it looks. That's about it. Um. So, yeah. Read that at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kaiju Max, brilliant. Green Lantern, bullshit. Sadly, yes. Well... I mean, thanks for the summation. I appreciate that. I I, I sort of fogged out there for a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it's such a shame because what Jeff Johns did on the Green Lantern uh, family of titles is fucking unprecedented and was mm. absolutely amazing. That's really hard to follow up. Like you probably should have just let it be for a little while. Nope, can't do that. Sells covers, books, gotta 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 keep pushing it. Go. No, no. I want to well, fuck I, it. Like, I want to see Mark Millar on the Green Lantern books. That's what I want. Or well, Bendis. my favorite thing was that he, in the first uh, issue that Robert Venditti did, there was a little, like, side note of Jeff Johns, like, being like, I'm off the book. Robert Venditti's a good guy. I trust him. Enjoy. <laughs> Mistake. <laughs> yeah. So. Robert Venditti's a good guy. Please don't drop this book. Please don't drop this book. We need you to keep buying it, and I can't write it anymore. Fuck. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I mean, it, he's not a bad writer. It's just the same shit again. So I, it's not interesting. Actually, yeah. I mean, like, I would love to see somebody like a Bendis take that book on because Bendis has never done anything for DC, and he never will leave Marvel at this point. But I just think somebody completely different writing that book would do it a lot of good. Cause like, you're not going to follow Jeff Johns. You're not going to be able to do what he did. So you have to come up with just a completely different story, you know? So very true. <sighs> ah, well, well, I'm going to go next because, uh, I decided I'm going to a couple books that I read this week. Uh, the first one, that I would recommend everybody stay far the hell away from uh, was From Under Mountains, number one. It was written by Claire Gibson and drawn by Marion Churchland. It's a new image book. It's a new image, number one. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm all about it. There was a dude on a horse with a sword and like a shadow guy behind him. And I was like, all right, fuck, I'm in. And then, well, then I read it. And it was all downhill from... <laughs> from the cover like the cover is interesting and is the best looking art that is in the book uh the or no sorry the the art is by uh sloan leong the cover is by marion churchland and uh I, the interior artwork in this book is just bad it's 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 not good <laughs> like it did, in the back of the book they had the 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 you know, the character models yeah it looks like a five year old drew them it really like right this looks like a little kid drew it and did I did a little kid draw it I, maybe? I don't know that's what I was gonna say if a little kid drew it like okay awesome but I mean there's just there's a difference between stylistically different artwork and bad storytelling and this was just bad storytelling like it, it just it didn't flow. Everything looked kind of flat and just really amateurish. And the story itself, like, I mean, it, it's a fantasy series. There's, like, it starts off with, like, a witch kind of thing. 
uh, like summoning this weird spirit and there's a dude who is like kind of he's the rebellious like you're going to be king one day but you're kind of a prick right now so you know whatever just that trope of like the asshole prince who is just going to go off and do what he wants to do and you know, I lied to my father, but I'm going to go fight in this tournament, and I'm going to win, and it's going to be fucking badass. And then he gets, like, stabbed by the shadow monster that was conjured earlier in the fucking book, and it's like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, we're introduced to a character with no backstory, but she is apparently, like, a thief and owes a lot of people money and was going to go do something. She doesn't say what. She just says that she has a mark. And everybody's gonna get what they what they what's coming to them after tonight. And uh she sees the prince get killed. Like I don't even remember anybody's names. And I just read this like twenty minutes before we started. Like that's <laughs> that's how fucking not interested in this I was. So yeah. There should be a rule that the cover art for at least one of the covers I, I don't care about like, you know, the the special covers, yeah. but one of them should be the interior art. It really should. Because it is night and day. Oh, it... And by that, I mean, it's as if someone drew the cover in the day, <laughs> and then the interiors were drawn at night in the dark, with one eye closed. It really with fucking the is. pencil in their mouth. It's so bad. It's just like, like, I was reading through this, and I, w- I was shocked that this was a professional book that was put out. And I, I know nothing of Sloan Leong, uh, he and or she. I don't even know. Uh, and or? <laughs> yeah. It's a modern world, sir. It's true. My mistake. I apologize. Might be a very nice person um, trying to do their, their very best work. Uh, no. You know, and, and you, you know me. If you listen to the show, if you know me, I am I am on board for Image Comics, like, pretty hardcore. Really? <laughs> That's news to me. I know. No. So, skip that one. Uh, However, I did read (laughs) the first in a anthology series of Airwolf comic books, because why would I not do that? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Many reasons. It's very exciting. I wish I had known. You are so young, Dean. (laughs) Airwolf is the shit. (laughs) Yeah. um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's uh, oh. it's called Airwolf Airstrikes Eye in the Sky Number One. It was written by uh, Jeff Mariotti, uh, illustrated by Jean Froze. Who and, did it? What, what company did it? Uh, Lion Forge Comics. Ooh, okay. I think it was published. <laughs> I think it was published by IDW, but like produced by Lion Forge. It's a collaboration joint. You know, it's kind of like a Spike Lee joint or something. It's uh. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, it was Lion Forge Comics, who I'd never heard of uh, before this. It is a digital book, so everything's uh, widescreen and looks really good uh, digitally. It was awesome. <laughs> it was fucking, like, it was Airwolf. And for those of you who don't know what Airwolf is, it is perhaps the greatest television show in the history of man. Whoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> It is a story. I'm, I'm not going to get up on board on that, but it is very good. <laughs> no, it's not even very good. It's fucking awful, but it's so 80s. It's the story of a helicopter pilot that is just like the most badass man on the planet. And like when you need something done, 
you call the airwolf. <laughs> it's like it's like a cross between a team, night rider, and a helicopter. It's the same name of the guy, right? What What do you mean, Mister Airwolf? Oh, right. it's been like twenty years since I've seen the show. <laughs> Didn't he have a really weird name? I don't remember. Stuart, Stuart the Airwolf. <laughs> Stuart Airwolf, <laughs> old Stewie Airwolf. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the the book is pretty much just the uh, the pilots of the. Uh, I know Airwolf was the helicopter, honey. <laughs> We're being fun. Tiff is listening to me and getting very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the uh, the story, the pilots of uh, of the Airwolf, Stringfellow Hawk and That's Dominic Santini. Yeah, Stringfellow Hawk, <laughs> uh, Dominic Santini. They are Stringfellow. Oh my God, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, Stringfellow Hawk. They have uh, they have been charged with uh, going into enemy territory and getting at a scientist who is I I believe that. Uh, Archangel, the uh, the organization in charge of extracting the doctor, uh, they have to extract him. He's a he's a scientist guy. He came up with a new way to fucking explode nuclear weapons or some bullshit. Uh, they have to extract him from the quote most impenetrable prison in one of the most inhospitable spots on Earth, right? Because it's fucking Airwolf, and what else would you have? As they are flying in to get them, they are getting chased by uh, U.S. drones. Uh, they are going into uh, it's it's Pakistani airspace is what they're flying into. So there's like it is it is a hotbed of of fuckery, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And uh, yeah, like it, it's I'm not going to spoil anything in the book by by telling you this. Airwolf wins because Airwolf is badass, and th- it's just helicopters <laughs> blowing shit up. And it's, they, that's exactly what the show was. It's fucking awesome! It's just <laughs> just a helicopter and a dude named Stringfellow blowing <laughs> shit up. Like it's super quick. It looks great. The art was was just fine for what it was. You know, nothing mind blowing, but the action scenes look cool. The storytelling from panel to panel was really cool. Uh, just fucking read it. Like, buy an Airwolf book. It'll fucking make you happy, because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> um, Captain America White, number two, came out uh, this week as well. We talked about it, I think, two weeks ago or last week. Captain America White, number one, uh, finally coming out. The book, hopefully, will continue this this very quick pace of coming out, because it's a great fucking story. Uh, the artwork remains beautiful. The story remains beautiful. What was really cool about this one was it opens with Captain America sinking down into the water in the the story that we've all been told of, you know, Captain America fell into the water and was frozen and then was found, you know, we're going to say a few years later, and then we're going to stretch that timeline as things go on to make it work with modern continuity. But in this one, he is saved by Bucky. And by the rest of the Helen Commandos. Yay, Bucky! And Bucky has to save him by cutting his shield off because it was just too heavy. Like, Bucky couldn't get Cap up out from under the water with his shield. So he cuts his shield off. Bucky feels super shitty about it. 
and they eventually wash up on a shore and are going to climb a mountain and Nick Fury is just being a prick uh, and says, you know, like, maybe if you had that, that star-spangled can opener, we'd be able to cut some holes in this mountain and climb up it. He's like, yeah, well, we don't have it anymore. And, like, Bucky rolls a tear over in the corner. And then fucking Namor pops out of the water. Like, Namor's only seen in this book. He pops out of the water, yells Imperious Rex, and throws the shield <laughs> to Captain America. Like, what does that mean? Fuck yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Does it matter what that means? It's kind of. awesome. <laughs> I mean... I I have a lot of questions. It's just shy of him like popping out Excelsior. Yeah, and then gone it's away. Fucking great, and like that's it. And then he's back under the water, and Cap is like, uh, "Tiff, this is good. Tiff's correcting us on everything." Uh, she said it means King of Kings, which is an even sillier thing for him. Right, to that doesn't that still doesn't mean anything. King of Kings, and then he throws the fucking shield. Like Imperius Rex does sound cooler. Um. But then, like, Nick Fury says something like, oh, great, what, is fucking Jim Hammond gonna show up so we can roast some marshmallows? Because that's an original Human Torch joke. Human, yeah. Does he? Oh, that's, that's cute. No, he does not, and I was really fucking upset, because oh. Dum Dum really wanted some s'mores. Like, he was really upset about it for part of this book as well. And I thought that would have been a nice way to cap off his day. But as they're climbing up the mountain and, like, get to the top of the mountain, it's only, like, 300... I say only 300 feet. I'm not fucking climbing any mountains. But they climb up this mountain, and when they get to the top, there's a Nazi tank uh, with its gun barrel pointed directly in Cap's face. And we know it's a Nazi tank because, much like the classiest of cars, like a Bentley or whatnot, it has a little Nazi hood ornament on the tank, <laughs> on the uh, gun. What? It's fucking awesome. Like, right at the end of the barrel, there's a little... uh little swastika. Is it Hitler's personal fucking Nazi tank? I, I don't fucking understand. hope so. It's just ridiculous. Like, oh, God, it just made me chuckle. And that's the first time I've ever been able to say that about a swastika. Uh, last book, Modoc Assassin number five. I know, Evan, how much you love the Modoc Assassin book. <sighs> I don't understand how you can hate this book so much. It's Have you read it? Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Have you, have you thought about the character? Yes. Christopher okay, Yost then, did the writing. Then, then you need then you need help, sir. Amilcar Pina did the artwork. And it starts with Angela, one of the Thors in this universe, is laying bloody. They have been in a fight, Modoc and Angela. This is the last of the five issue series, uh miniseries. Oh sweet Jesus, thank God. Angela and Modoc have been in a fight with uh Baron Mordo and Clea and the mindless ones and sorry there's something in my throat <clears> that'll be good edit don't edit that out that's fucking high quality radio <coughs> oi <laughs> they have uh they've been in a fight with Baron Mordo with Clea and with the mindless ones for control basically of Killville this one of the sections of the battle world and Angela is laying bloody and the fucking the the inner monologue that modok has to start this book is so fabulous he says her hair is the color of fire which can kill it swirls ever so as if floating in blood blood that is on fire and like he just goes on to say you know whatever it is those ribbons do i assume that they kill people it's fucking amazing that is excellent writing and if, no, it's not. No, it's so good. 
It's so good. He says that he can imagine, he doesn't know if her lips can kill, but he imagines her ripping people apart with his teeth. He loves her, and he is very upset now, because he is the machine designed only, or the mechanic organism designed only for killing, hence Modok. And now he feels love for this Thor, for this Angela. And they fight, and it's ridiculous, and he gets his face fucking cut open by Baron Mordo, and, uh, spoilers, Modok wins because it's a book with his name on it. Uh, he gets his, like, lip cut, so he looks, he's kind of got, like, like, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, like... <laughs> a hair lip. A called. hair lip, thank you, I couldn't fucking remember. <laughs> he's got kind of a hair lip thing going on, uh, after he gets his face cut open, and, uh... After... Kind of a walking Phoenix thing <laughs> going. <laughs> but you know what I meant. Yeah, that's that's all, why I love you, sir. That's all that matters. Uh, he and Angela defeat Baron Mordo because Baron Mordo's plan was to lure uh, Sheriff Strange to Killville and have Modok kill him so that God Doom would be pissed and make Baron Mordo Sheriff. And like Modok just goes around telling him how stupid his fucking plan is and just talking shit the whole time. And uh, after they win, he uh, he purses his lips ever so slightly, and Angela asks him, is your face convulsing? What are you doing? And he says, I would kiss you now. And she fucking beats him in the face. Fucking awesome. Really silly. <laughs> like, it's just a goofy book. And with so much of Secret Wars either being, like, horribly late, uh, which it is, or horribly serious most of the time, books like this and... Hank, the agent, agent of Hydra, and Howard the Human, especially. Like, they're just... They were just fun, you know? And I know you didn't love it, Evan. I know it's not a thing that, that you were into, but I cannot recommend this book highly enough. I thought it was fucking excellent. The whole miniseries, all five issues, fucking great. Like, he controls the Sentinels at one point. Uh, he says, you know, he brings in the wild Sentinels, and he, you know, in his monologue says something like, one of them has a gun in its face which is adorable because it is it's an adorable sentinel it's fucking uh, great man it, like read this book i read it you got to do it agreed okay okay that's uh that's that's a thing it's what Bulldog. i got okay yeah, <laughs> what i got this week uh airwolf awesome modok awesome from under mountain is that even what it was called i already forgot from under mountains uh put it back under a fucking mountain matt <laughs> what do you got for us this week sir is that me? Yes. Yes. No, that's the other Matt. <laughs> I was just focused on the cat in the background. Mm. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's my cat Pixel, and uh, apparently she's hungry, but she will have to wait. It's a professional show we're running. Absolutely. This week I read uh, the conclusion to Ghostbusters Get Real, and Archie number three. Uh, I've been. Really enjoying the Ghostbusters Get Real miniseries, where uh, they've they've merged storylines of the real Ghostbusters cartoon and the comic Ghostbusters series that's been going on from IDW, and um, they've been battling a, a primordial god named Proteus from the real Ghostbusters universe, who's taken a proactive approach to being captured which is the thing he most fears by uh eliminating the real ghostbusters before they even think to uh capture him so they 
they've been uh, shunted off to a parallel universe, which is the one where the comic Ghostbusters live, and uh, they've been dealing with uh, being there and uh, needing to get back to their universe and deal with Proteus. And uh, this issue has them uh, in their final confrontation with Proteus, and it's just, it's really fantastic to to get to see uh, the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon ones, that's what they call them, uh, fighting directly alongside the comic Ghostbusters because they retained the original styling of the cartoon Ghostbusters even though they're in the comic universe and they, they stand out and it looks like uh, they're different but they see each other like in the, the continuity as uh, just you know, slightly different looking, even though they look completely different. And it's just, it's really fun to see them fighting side by side. And uh, there's a scene where Proteus makes himself very large to try to get the upper hand on them. And of course, you know, you always have to have something break through the ceiling of the firehouse. That's just like a thing you have to do, I think. But it's always fun. That poor fucking firehouse. I Always getting I, destroyed. It's been through a lot. It must just be... Every moment not depicted is just a repair job. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it is. Just blue tarp that shit, make it easier. Just throw just a slight cover over it. Look, we know you're coming through. You just I'll open the door for you. You could have asked. <gasps> Ring the bell. Jesus, Rinse. we'll let you in. <laughs> just saying they keep that up, the pole isn't gonna work anymore. That's all like <laughs> Anyhow. In more ways than one. <laughs> That's what she said. Go on, Matt. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Before this train gets any more off the rails. It's uh, it it it's fine. Um so they um in let's see, where were they? They were in the comic universe. And then um they get rescued briefly by Janine, their their stalwart secretary distracting Proteus long enough for them to uh, chuck a couple proton grenades at him, which is a new thing they've introduced. And um, That just doesn't seem safe. Oh, I, I think it's... What happens when you cross this, the grenades? <laughs> Shut up, Evan! <laughs> <laughs> I don't it think would you be can. very bad. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Continue. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, it only works for a minute when uh, Proteus zaps Janine and uh, their assistant Kylie to Tokyo just to get her out of the way. And um, and then deciding that he's, he's in trouble facing two teams of Ghostbusters, he pulls the real Ghostbusters out of the comic universe into his own universe, which is kind of a, a between, a crossroads universe. And uh, he's about to kill them there, but they are... Somehow, and now that I think about it, I don't know how, uh, rescued by their Janine from the real Ghostbusters universe, who comes so to save Janines. them. And now that I think about it, I have no idea how that actually happened, but she showed up, <laughs> and she did save them, and it's wonderful because it's always fun when Janine decides to be a Ghostbuster. That was always a good part of the cartoons. And um, Fuck yeah, Janine's amazing. She is amazing. I'm gonna marry Janine. Oh, if only Janine! Yay! <laughs> so, they, uh, well, it's a 
bit of a spoiler. They defeat Proteus. <laughs> no. I know. I can't That's crazy, it. man. It's you really lie. quite a twist. <laughs> what a twist. But it's really good. And uh, if you're a Ghostbusters fan at all, either of the even of the original movies or of the cartoons or of just the comics, it's it's really great. And I'm sorry it's over, but one of the things that happens when you capture Proteus, it's just a thing, other people have done it before apparently, is he has to show you your future. So he, they, they show each Ghostbuster has a future and they show just like a panel of it. So I hope that's a promise that there's going to be a lot more comics, even though this one's over. But uh, I don't know. I haven't Was read Melissa plans. McCarthy in any of them? No, she's not. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. It took me like half a beat to realize what the fuck you were talking Same about. Here, but I <laughs> got it, though. You got it. Melissa McCarthy. That, wait, wait. Oh. I know. I know. That was, that, that was, well done, sir. Well yeah, done. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't finished reading this series yet. I was waiting for it to uh, to finish up because I know last time you were on, we had, we had talked about it as well. And we're kind of in like this weird renaissance period for the ghostbusters and i'm not sure how i feel about it entirely like i'm really excited for lego dimensions the video game to play the ghostbusters shit that's going to be in there that looks really fun and like really really cool and uh, you know there is the new movie coming out and i don't know how i feel about it like at all because on the one hand i'm Whoa. super excited but on the other hand like, just... You can't say you don't like it because well, if you don't like it, you're automatically a sexist. Yeah. Here's the, here's the well, thing. Uh, I hadn't well, even considered uh, it from that angle, but putting yeah, that aside, that putting that entirely aside, GI Joes had their chance. Transformers had their chance. Oh uh, shit! Of just... course, we got to get the obligatory Transformers reference in the episode. Firstly, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, if they can do it, and that was '80s goodness. I want to see Ghostbusters, man. I love Ghostbusters. I don't care who plays the Ghostbusters. I'll watch it. I, and you know what? I'm I'm sad that it's not going to be the original Ghostbusters, but I got news for you guys. They're fucking old. They're really old. Dan Aykroyd doesn't look like 80s Dan Aykroyd anymore, and Bill Murray sure is. Well, actually, you know what? He still kind of does. He that never really had air. That would be the fucking awesomest movie Ever, they're gonna be old fucking farts. When they're gonna do exactly. But that's fantastic. I I look. I'm happy. Anyhow. Two of them are gonna have a cameo in it, which is enough for me. If they're just passing the torch or something like that, which I'm sure won't happen. Wait, who, who, no, it's two not. now. Who is the no, second they're, one? They're all in it. Uh, is it all of them? I thought it was just a. I thought it's, it was Ackroyd and Murray. But... No, it's Ackroyd. <laughs> They've confirmed that it's gonna be Ackroyd, uh, Bill Murray, uh, Ernie Hudson. Uh, Janine. Get Ernie Hudson. Yeah, fucking Ernie Hudson. Cause... Well, he doesn't have anything else to do, so, you know. <laughs> they got Sigourney Weaver, too. Sigourney Weaver. Um, and Harold Ramis can't come back because, well, no. he's... And he is Rick, a ghost. Rick Moranis. <laughs> Sorry. And Rick Moranis is, uh, like, very famously retired from acting and has not, like, has been offered many, many things over the years, but has not acted uh, since his wife died, like he retired to be a dad and like stay at home with his kids and raise, raise his children. And I know that they've tried to get him back for this and he's just, you know, he just hasn't been interested in doing anything. So, I mean, 
I don't know that they will convince him to come out of retirement for this, but yeah, like everybody that they could get back for the most part is is back. I'm going to be really upset if Walter Peck is not in it, because Walter <laughs> Peck is the fucking man. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> What's the line? Yes, it is true. Yes. This man is a dick. This man has <laughs> no dick. This man has no dick. Dickless over I, here. Is that true? Yes. This man has no dick. Fucking I liked him movie. in uh, I liked him in Biodome, but I just like Biodome, even though everyone hates Biodome. <laughs> I no no no. <laughs> the bearded dude, nice, yeah, nice. <laughs> anyway, so Ghostbusters, Must good read. stuff. All right, what else you got, Matt? Oh right, uh, Archie, Archie issue number three. This is um, the Mark Wade, Fiona Staples, Archie. That's right. The uh, Archie reboot, I guess. Is Archie secretly the Green Hornet? Archie might be the Green Hornet. They <laughs> haven't told us he's not. Okay, good. So, good enough. by that logic, he could be fucking Batman. <laughs> Archie is Batman. Batman is Archie. They, there's so many crossovers. They've probably done that. I'm sure they have. Yeah, you yes. know what? That's that's a, quite a possibility there. I just heard Archie met the Punisher. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's not shocking. Archie meeting Kiss. Now that's shocking. Has he played with the Harlem Globetrotters? Because that is real Hanna Barbera fame. He must have. Ooh, right? I would have. Mm. <laughs> you haven't made it until you play with the Harlem Globetrotters. I'm actually investigate this. Continue. All right. Um, so this is only issue three, and uh, they spent a, a perfectly reasonable amount of time introducing us to the characters in one and two. We know Archie. We know Jughead. And we know Betty. And uh, we just met Veronica in issue two when Archie accidentally destroys her partially built mansion. And mm -hmm. um, instead of getting arrested, he, he becomes friends with Veronica and is actually just completely uh, love-struck with her. Um, just to the point of just being complete moron. Uh, he's just completely infatuated. And it continues with this book with her first day of high school in a public school. She's never been to a public school. And she uh, is just having trouble getting acclimated. But she uh, she's kind of acting like a, a... Well, she is. She's definitely acting like a snobby rich girl. But Archie doesn't care. He's just completely in love with her. But Jughead is very unhappy with the situation. And um, he recruits Betty, who is very unwilling to have anything to do with it since she and Archie are broken up as of issue one. And uh, he, he insists that uh, she help him out in trying to save Archie from himself. Betty eventually meets Veronica after Veronica becomes so ill uh, eating the cafeteria food that she vomits all over herself and gets humiliated. And she meets her in the bathroom, and she's tr uh, Betty tries to be kind to her to help her out, but uh, Veronica just kind of blows her off, like, really bitchy, and uh, Betty decides that uh, they must do something, so she agrees to work with Jughead to try to save Archie from Veronica. And uh, I never read much Archie. I mean, I the only things I knew about Archie comics were just through the general existence in the realm of pop culture like i never read it but I, you just kind of assimilate things by osmosis and so 
Uh, I, I believe this is very different from the, the tone of the original comics, but uh, for some reason it's just very engaging to me, and uh, can't wait to see what wackiness ensues. Oh, okay, so I've done some research. <laughs> um, so far I've come up with Punisher, mm -hmm. Predator, Kiss, and the Ramones. Oh, okay. That's a that's a change the from the Ramones. Trotters. Yeah, makes me really sad. Why? Because it's the Ramones. And they should not oh, be you were gonna fucking say. hanging out with Archie. Maybe he got really fucking wasted with the Ramones. That would be awesome. <laughs> I doubt it happened, but one can hope. I mean, like, I get hanging out with Kiss period. because, like, Kiss is fucking terrible. So, you know. Okay. I, they showed him out. their love gun. Ew. Oh, is, that, <laughs> is that a double meaning? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the hammer is my penis. I was. I was. I was gonna make a, a role models uh, joke, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Right now, man. Like, I don't know. It's it's so weird to have a creator or two creators really like so so high profile. Like Mark Wade and Fiona Staples are two of about the biggest names you could possibly get. And for them to be doing Archie, like, I read the first issue, realized I still didn't care about Archie. Um, that's fair. I mean, but that's me. You know what I mean? Like, that that's just not... I never have cared about Archie. I, I kind of want to go back and read it now because, as we suggested, that Archie may be Batman uh, somewhere in the world. <laughs> I want to go He's back not, and not. read Archie with Christian Bale's Batman voice. That might make it a really interesting book. To me? Oh, Veronica. Veronica, <laughs> will you go to, with me to the dance? Drug heads always Swear to me, you will. <laughs> it's playing like a cartoon in my head. It's so good. I can see it. I can definitely see it. Mr. Smith, but, I don't have my homework. I, don't I mean, uh, Archie's always teacher. always been like a uh, sort of a soap opery kind of book, hasn't it? He's been in a love triangle for like 752 years. <laughs> yeah, of course it's a soap opera. Right. Make a decision, Archie. <laughs> Sweet baby. I remember when working at the store, they, they came out with that book, and they were like, this is a definitive book. It's going to tell you who Archie picks, whether it be Betty or Veronica. Dun, dun, dun. And motherfuckers made it a flip book, so that one half of it was him with Veronica, and the flip it over, and the backside was him with fucking Betty. I was like, you sons of bitches. It's just... I mean, it's the wonderful thing about comics, though. You know, like, something out there for everybody, even if Archie isn't... For me, it's for a lot of... Like, I know that I am in the minority, obviously, because that book has been published for... The, what was it? 752 Ever. years, Evan? Is that what you... 652 years. 652 years. years. That's a long time. Yep. It's a lot of issues to. No, and it's always been on the at, at the grocery line, right there. Yeah, that's right. Always there, guys. You you didn't you didn't hear about it though. They're uh, doing a new uh, Sonic crossover. It's uh, universes I, collide. You son of a bitch. They are <laughs> Mega Man, Archie, and fucking what? Sonic. No, really? Yes. Wait. No, 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 no. That's not no. a thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? I'm gonna send you the link. Shut up! No, don't you ruin my day! Don't you ruin my fucking day! You don't know if I'm telling the truth. <laughs> oh, God. If this somehow ends with Archie's future self becoming Sigma, I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be all right. It'd be okay. 
Uh... All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Evan. Sure. I believe the floor is now yours. Okay, so I have a total of eight minutes there, Dean. Oh snap! You you can go over. It's okay. I'm not gonna. It, it's not really gonna need. I'm not gonna need it because I, I read two the the two books that I want to talk about. One of which I have to read more, but we're gonna get to that. I uh, I checked out. Don't call her cavalry. Number one. Um, it's about May from the the Shield show. Apparently, they may have brought her into the comic book universe. Um. It was all right. It was cute. Like if you, you you watch the show, you know that she's got this hell of a backstory where she is like the supreme badass, and it's just it's just like a one shot of her training some new Shield agents. Like the, it's like their final exam or whatnot, and there wh- there's some robot dogs involved. I mean, it it did it did nothing for like the Marvel universe. It gave you a little bit about her how. Like they say that she took down like thirty people in you know one shot and blah 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 and it's all not true. It's just those rumor mills that that fucking flow when you're talking about high school bullshit. Um, art was okay, just just standard fare. Nothing, nothing great, nothing horrible. Um, it is what it is. What I really wanted to talk about was apparently there's a series called Colder from Dark Horse. Does anybody know about this series? I've heard of it. Okay. I saw the cover, and it I actually have it up on my computer screen, and I had to keep covering it because it's the, one of like the most disturbing covers I've seen in a long time. Um, this one's called Colder Toss the Bones. Apparently, there's a Colder series with secondary titles, and none of which I have read, so that you know made this book a little more difficult for me to understand. Um by uh, Paul Tobin and Juan Ferreira. The, okay, the art is phenomenal. It's beautiful, beautiful book. What, it's a a story about a guy named Declan who something happened to him in a previous story where he lost his fingers, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't know why, I actually have, I'm, I seriously plan on going to find out what the hell is going on here because the main character of the story is a guy named Nimble Jack. And this guy is a fucking bag of rats crazy. Like, nuts. Um, He is mystical in some way, shape, or form. It seems like he devours souls or life essence. It was, like off-putting he 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 comes and he like the story opens with this dude just this regular guy sitting on a park bench feeding pigeons like talking to the pigeons about how his wife took everything from him and like the divorce and jack shows up they start chatting of we find out that the guy did actually cheat on his wife and that's why everything is going wrong but he this guy feels like everybody's out to get him or is watching him and as they're they're talking the 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 pigeons like slowly start gathering more and more and more and nimble jack goes well i'm gonna tell you who's watching you or i'm I'm watching i'm gonna let you know that you're you're right everybody is watching you and and these are the people that are watching you <laughs> and these hundreds of pigeons start talking and they say like um these are the people that were construction workers anyone in sunglasses television transmission waiter joggers strippers the irs judith's brother i don't know who judith is <laughs> um 
there was, there was yeah basketball players men wearing hats drones meter mates it was like the whole panel the two panels are just riddled with randomness um after that we get the the bat or an introduction to um david or no that's it's yeah this is like it keeps going back and forth because like there's Declan. De Anyhow, you get the, the subplot of the story about this guy and this girl. Guy lost his fingers. Girl's trying to help him out. Very minimal story going on there. We then flash back over to, to Nimble and he's got this monster with the. OK, you know that fish that lives way, way deep down in, in the ocean that has that little antenna thing that's got the light on it. Angler Angler fish. fish. Thank you. It looks like a giant monster anglerfish, and instead of the light on its antenna, it's got this pigeon. Apparently, pigeons are a real crux in this comic. Not sure why. <laughs> um, it's just following him around like a pet, and Nimble is always talking to someone, whether it be a pigeon, this monster, strangers, and as all this shit's, you know, just progressing, like, he's just wandering down the street, he sees these two bums on the side and he's like oh wait i gotta help these guys rips off their heads switches them plops them back on he goes like all right there you go see i helped them look Good how happy God. they are now like it it's it's a fucking jarring book like you think you know what's going on uh, at one point in time he tears the top of a woman's head off and puts a pigeon inside of it <laughs> is she alive know. after or is she I dead with know. the pigeon in her head <laughs> That's what I want to know. I don't know if this is real life. I don't know if this... Well, is you know, this just fantasy? <laughs> like, I am so confused by this book. I, I, it, <laughs> there's two ways to go when you get confused by a book. Either you say, fuck it and burn it, or I'm going to investigate more, and I have to. I have to know what the story is about this guy. Because... He's he seems like a Joker style, like straight up insane. But there are points in the story where it's as if he knows what's going on. He knows like he's got a succinct plan in his head. He's just not telling us. And it bothers me because I want to know what's going on. <laughs> I'm confused. Um, Paul Tobin is a maniac. Like, obviously. Do you know what the awesome thing about Paul Tobin is, though? What Blood makes a book like Colder so fucking ridiculous? His first work, <laughs> based on a true story. <laughs> yes, this is just his life. No, his um, his very first work in comics was uh, an all ages series called Banana Sunday, and from there he went on to uh, like he got his break working on the Marvel Adventures all ages Spider Man and Fantastic Four and like little kid comic books. Okay, this would be the antithesis mm -hmm, of that. Mm -hmm. And they drove him insane, and now he's doing this. It's very much I, like what happens with people who are uh, on Disney shows when they're younger. See Silent Cyrus, comma, Miley. Okay, that definitely puts a different perspective for the writing. Uh -huh. um, it's, it's, it's messed up. It's, it's fucked up. I looked up. And awesome. Like... Awesome. Yeah. Um he's awesome. The, the the artwork, I mean, was beautiful. I, I I was scanning through a bunch of books and this was cover 
interiors, you know, the, the next up shit at the end where you're seeing what's coming next. Really beautiful, beautiful stuff. I, I can't, I have to go find these. I gotta find out, like, the, the story line, where I start and, and how far I go, but I'm definitely picking up more of these, so, you know, give a brother nightmares, it seems. Because there's some creepy shit in this. Like, eat that monster thing, the angler monster eats a bum, but when it opens its mouth, it's full of eyes, <laughs> not teeth. Ugh. Eyes. I don't want to read this. I think I might throw up. The cover is very I upsetting. I looked it up. I, I, li I li no shit had it on my computer screen and had to keep covering it up because it was, <laughs> it was affecting my soul. <laughs> But it's great. It it the story itself was really good. Even though um I'm, I'm I'm sure if I do a little you know research, it'll make more sense to me. But it was very entertaining. I recommend it. But I also recommend going back a little ways. <laughs> Don't go in as blind as I was. So there you go. I'm good. Yeah, I don't I don't want to eat brains. <sighs> I don't want pigeons in my head. <laughs> It's, and it's funny when he takes off like it he takes the top of her head off but he's holding like her skull cap in one hand sure. putting the pigeon in with the other hand but if you look at the skull cap it looks like it has threading like he just unscrewed it Ooh. so i don't know i don't know if it was a violent thing where he just popped it right off the top or like a mason jar i don't know but then the next panel is her just standing there zombie looking and she's got feathers poking out of her eye and out of her nose and her mouth it's disturbing and awesome. Oh, and then he th I think he th froze. No, no, no. Another girl he throws in front of a bus. Oh, well, yeah. I yeah. Because you do that. It's just what you do. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's got a series that he put out for Dark Horse that is very much opposite of this called uh, Bandette that is really excellent and really awesome and is where I knew him from and then looking up to see, you know, other stuff that he's done. You know, found out that he worked on like these all ages books and was like, oh, that's really weird. Now hearing that he's done this colder book, like, <sighs> I'm also, I'm looking at his page right now on Dark Horse Comics and he also wrote a shit ton of Plants vs. Zombies books. <laughs> and the adaptation of Prometheus. Oh. It's so okay. weird. Why? Why? Is... It's, yeah, he's all, it's, he's all over the fucking place, man, which is place. awesome. That's really great. Like when you can see a guy that can go in and just, do a bunch of different stuff and have it all apparently be pretty damn good. Yeah. I, the, the, I don't know. I'm definitely looking at it. It's got me hooked. So um, that's the thing to do when you, when you're writing a comic and you're trying to get, you know, you, you do the story right so that I want to see more of the story or find out the previous of the story. So you done did good. All right. Anything else? Yeah. That's, we're going to, I'm going to cut it there. We're good. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> well, that'll about do it for this issue of the Paper Cuts podcast. As always, I want to thank you for listening and remind you to head over to geekaid.com where we are currently posting up a brand new Halloween themed article every day this month for our 31 days oh. of Halloween celebration. You can go and check out my article on just the most ridiculously racist wrestler uh papa shango or you can check out chris's article about the simpsons treehouse of horror number five which he is correct is the best one 
Mm-hmm. Tons of new stuff coming up. More stuff coming later in the month. Videos, podcasts, articles, whatever you want. We've got you covered. If you get a moment after you're done listening to this show, why don't you head on over to iTunes? Leave us a five-star review. It's free. It's quick. It's easy. And it helps get more people to check the show out. No wonder it's number one. No wonder it's number one. Finally, if you ever want to get a hold of us, the easiest way is to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at GeekAidDan. You can follow Dean. Dean. Ah, you're messing up my flow, Dean. God damn it. My knees are cold. At <laughs> underscore knees are cold. <laughs> dot com dot org. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. It is very Tomorrow. chilly here in the Northeast this weekend. Very chilly. Well, I guess if anyone does want to talk to me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is kimono underscore vestlord. Or you could just fucking contact us at, at the underscore geekade. I check that way more. <laughs> okay. Matt, are you on, on Twitter? Yeah, I have one at, at StuffY, at S-T-U-F-F-W-H-Y. And Evan, still not on Twitter. No, at GeekAid underscore Evan. Ooh! Ooh! Look at that. Somebody's getting yeah. a new follower today. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> I'm not following him. <laughs> I don't want you to. I follow him. Um, I, I what are we doing for next week with New York Comic Con coming up? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going. So yeah, neither okay. am I. So you're the only. I think I you and Matt enjoy are the only show. Two. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be me and Dan, like uh, like old times, Dan. <laughs> Join us next week while Dean and I continue to provide you with free weekly entertainment, and Evan and Matt go fuck off somewhere. The bastards. <laughs> Actually, join us next week where Dean and Dan are supremely jealous and Evan and Matt enjoy themselves immensely. We'll make our own fucking fun. Right. (laughs) Dean and I are going to do some day drinking next week. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) What people may not know is we record this at 1030 in the morning on a Sunday. The Lord's Day. We should be at church, but we're all godless fuck heathens, so... Heathens! Woo! There go all the Republicans, Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah, like they were listening. Republicans, big fans of the show. They big better fans. not be, because goddammit, we're not doing something right then. Do I have to talk about Bernie Sanders more? Because I... No. No, you don't. Uh, you say that? Sorry, side note. Bernie's, there's this woman, apparently by the name of Evelyn Goldstein, who keeps putting in her email address as my Gmail account, and she is a big Bernie fan. Huge Bernie oh fan. God. That's awesome. Oh. oh, man. Well, for Matt Much, for Evan Goldstein, for Dean DeFalco, and Dan Ryan, I'm Dan I'm Ryan. I'm Bernie Sanders. I am Bernie Sanders. God damn it. Have a nice week. Bye.